All right, he is back, the man, the myth, the legend, Dennis Stewart. Good afternoon, sir. Good to have you with us. Good to see you again, Mark. I know, we had to take a step to the left last week. Oh, a step to the left. Well, not politically speaking, but... Yeah, <laughs> that in, would be surprising. For me. <laughs> All right. um, nevertheless, you did uh, open a conversation last week on uh, Cayenne. Now, yes. there's a couple... Of, which way is the correct way to pronounce it this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter? Cayenne, Cayenne. <laughs> there's numerous ways. Essentially, we're talking about various <laughs> grades of what is known as chilli. Can I just call it chilli? You could call it chilli. Okay. Um, the big question, though, because you... You talked about some yeah, of its medicinal yeah. benefits yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. Is it really a food or a medicinal herb? If you had to define it, oh, look, it's very, very difficult. Um, and this happens with with herbs generally. Are they a food? Are they a medicine? I think they can be both. And in the case of of cayenne, it's a classic example where it can be used as a food um, here and there, uh, eating it um, occasionally, enjoying it in its various forms and various strengths, or that same so-called food could be converted to a medicine when it is used deliberately to address a health problem. All right, so that's called sitting on the fence. It everybody is, but else. it was a nice effort, wasn't it? <laughs> didn't, you think, didn't you think that was a good response? I'm going to give you 10 points for trying, Dennis. <laughs> G'day, Trevor, and Nelson Plains there. You have a question for Dennis on Gillian Barr syndrome today, uh, Trevor. That's right, mate. Yeah, just like to know what I need to do to help rebuild, you know, boost my system back up again. Okay. Tell me something about your history, Trevor. How, how did you contract this? How long has it been active? What treatment have you had? Uh, the, I first contracted on the 14th of July. Um, we've had 10 treatments of, uh, I think it's called a haemoglobin. Yes. Um, and that got me walking again and left hospital on the 9th of September. Good. Uh, and been out of hospital five weeks. So we've done three weeks of um, a rehab at uh, Rankin Park and now just doing uh, rehab at East Maitland and gymnasium work. Okay. Are you on any um, medication, steroids or anything like that? No, we've just been eating some, you know, a fair bit of greens. Good, good. Okay, so what you're really saying is, look, you've been through a health crisis that immobilised you. You've been well managed by the by the medical system, as I would expect, um, and now you're looking at ways and means of maintaining your wellness and, in fact, building on that so that um, you can effectively say that with the treatment that you've had and what you're doing, You've largely overcome the condition. That's the sort of thing you're saying. And you're looking at, um, obviously, some uh, nutritional information. You're talking about accelerating your intake of greens, probably some kale and things like that. Um, and I applaud you for that. Coming, coming from a herbal medicine perspective, anything that we would offer here would be offered from a broad spectrum um, position, and that is... Are there herbs and herbal preparations which, to use our terminology, controversial as it might be, uh, improve or maintain the vitality of the human organism? Now, you know, I've noticed I've used that word vitality. Now, that's not popularly used in mainstream medicine today, but it's always been latent in traditional medicine, and it refers to that uh, ability to be able to function at a good level, a healthy level, a vital level, in inverted commas. And we believe, and certainly I believe, that herbs have a role to play in maintaining vitality 
at a broad level, and that means immunological competence, uh, ability to be able to fight infection more effectively, and to um, build up our general health profile muscularly and, and physically and even mentally. I, I would be looking again at a compound that I've had a lot to do with, as you would probably heard me talk about it, um, the Astragalus 8 formula, uh, led by the herb Astragalus membranaceus, uh, has often been seen for its ability to enhance one's immunological competence, but it has a much broader definition in traditional Asian medicine, the term restorative or rebuilding or tonifying, all words which are largely foreign to mainstream medicine, apply to that remarkable herb and its companion remedies. So uh, what I would be suggesting is uh, build on that wellness by uh, contemplating taking the Astragalus 8 formulation or even or even just Astragalus. Astragalus, let me emphasize, is the leader of the, of the pack of herbs uh, known as Astragalus 8 formula, but it is a, a great remedy on its own and developed the reputation for this idea derived from Asian medicine that there are herbs which non-specifically improve the overall uh, health profile and are restorative in their effect on the debilitated human organism. I'd go for that. Yeah, right. Thanks very much. Now, what I would say is anything you do, you should um, run it past, as I always say, run it past your medical managers so they know what you're doing and be guided by what they say. I've only given you my opinion, what I would do if I was uh, dealing with a problem like that. Health Naturally with Dennis Stewart today and, uh, of course, talking chilies, cayenne. Dennis, mm. getting a little hot under the collar today. Oh, well Things put. are heating up. Well put. <laughs> and not just the temperature. <laughs> getting a little hot in here. Um, Dennis, I, I wasn't here with you last week, but I was listening and you, you mm. were talking about the cayenne with its particular chemical constituent that yeah. it's kind of considered to largely explain its medicinal virtue. Look, it has got an, an interesting chemistry. Not all herbs yield... Uh, their secrets. That's one of the difficulties that we medical herbalists face, that we're always criticised because uh, the, our antagonists would say, oh, you make these claims, but we can't find any chemical in the herb that uh, explains the claims that you make for it. We admit that's a problem, but we respond mm -hmm. by saying, uh, we know that herbs work because for 2,000 years there's a documented history of this herb doing that job. It still works that way today. So pragmatically, the herb is effective and sustains any criticism. But here and there, and increasingly so, herbs are yielding some of their secrets as to how they work. And with cayenne or chili, however you like to refer to it. Now, let me just say, by the way there, Mark, when we're talking about cayenne or chili, there are grades of strength. Um, <laughs> in fact, around the world, there are competitions uh, associated with um, what is the the hottest chili 
Look, the, there the really are. There really are. And um, <laughs> there was a show that used to be on, I used to love, called Man Versus Food. And yes. you would do food challenges. And some of them were, the, were these hot chili challenges. Yes, yes. And they would go into the kitchen and the guys that were actually had concocted the recipe, yes. they would be wearing gas masks because <laughs> what they were concocting was just, it would just, you would be out of it. And then they'll put it out on the table and you would try and eat it. So why someone would want to do that, Dennis, is far beyond me. <coughs> well, I mention it because... Um, if listeners are turning their nose up, so to speak, at the, the idea of, of using this remarkable spice, let me just say that you can get used to it by starting off with more gentler levels of chilies. That's true. And, and move up the ladder, so to speak, until you reach a point that I seem to have reached where there would be very few in the universe that could compete with me. So I throw that in there because I don't want listeners to say, oh, look, uh, yeah, the chilies, I can't handle chilies. What I would say is there are chilies and chilies, and even if you are reluctant, remember, uh, many uh, chili preparations, or what I refer to as cayenne or capsicum preparations, come now in sophisticated forms, such as encapsulated preparations and tableted preparations, which to a large extent lessen uh, the assault on the, on the gut wall that crude chilies <laughs> might. But getting back to my point... Before you get uh, on to that yes, other point, yes. is the reverse also true? If you expose yourself to a larger amount, yes. um, are you at risk of doing damage? Look, you can do this with, with, with many herbs. For instance, I treated a patient years ago and recommended that they begin to take some garlic preparations... Um, for a gut condition, I think it was an infection of the gut, and I recommended they go on to what, what were called garlic pearls, which were a, a very good way of harnessing garlic's um, antimicrobial characteristics. But they went beyond that and decided that they would use uh, crude garlic preparations and started stuffing themselves, so to speak, mm. with cloves of garlic. Uh, what they ended up doing was not only giving themselves very, very serious diarrheic conditions... But uh, they caused inflammation of the gut wall as a result of doing something stupid. Now, similarly, you can do that uh, with, with chili or cayenne. It is a food. If it's used as a food, it's used as a food and unlikely in the context of a meal to precipitate major problems. If you're going to use it as a medicine, and this is what I'm primarily talking about, if you're going to use it as a medicine you must realise that it has a chemical constituent in it called capsaicin, which can irritate significantly. And if, on the other hand, if you abide by the recommendations of dosage, I have not known yet anyone who has damaged themselves or hurt themselves using cayenne in a medicinal form, particularly as an encapsulated form, and very rarely have I heard of anyone uh, significantly knocking themselves about by having a <laughs> having a decent Mexican meal, but capsaicin is the chemical constituent, which is considered to explain a lot of the benefits that chili or capsicum has. And one of the major areas, and I touched on this last week, uh, one of the major areas where this substance capsicum or capsaicin uh, does its job is in explaining the sometimes remarkable effect the topical preparations of cayenne have. Now, I know that very, very well. Um, in fact, uh, I prove beyond doubt that uh, one of the preparations, uh, a particular 
a formula known as Remshard's uh, formula um, with, a, with a chili base is one of the few things that can actually address effectively uh, the pain and discomfort of a frozen shoulder. I have seen patients who have been cortisone, so to speak, and got nowhere, do very well by persevering with a topical application based on capsicum. It is uh, remarkable in its ability to function as a topical analgesic, particularly for muscular conditions, sprains, uh, frozen shoulders, uh, arthritic conditions, sciatic problems. And the reason for that is that not only has it a history of benefit there, it's been used for centuries as a topical application to reduce the pain of muscular and skeletal problems. But um, now we know that this particular constituent, particularly in a standardised level in various capsicum or chilli preparations, is responsible for subduing serious pain, serious pain. Dennis, just a little bit off topic mm. uh, here, as I've heard you do both, yeah. medical herbalist or medicinal herbalist? Uh, a person that practices um, herbalism is known as a medical herbalism, medical herbalist. Yeah. I know it's off topic, but I've just heard both. Have you? Oh, it just well, jumped you, into my brain. Yeah, okay, well, I'm glad you're so intently listening to the program. I pay attention. I, I know what's you're going on. There. You're getting there. Good afternoon, Carol at uh, Mannering Park. Some troubles on the toot there. Yes. Hello, Carol. Oh, okay. You struggle with it as half the population does, Carol, unfortunately. That's Apparently, what... yes. Yeah. Is there anything natural? Um, it's a present on um, one from the chemist, uh-huh. but okay, it I'll, works, I'll... but it doesn't work, if that makes sense. Okay. I'll make a few recommendations that uh, should not conflict with what your good pharmacist has given to you. The first thing is appreciate that olive oil, not castor oil, olive oil is a well-known agent for encouraging transit time, if we call it that, through the bowel. Okay. Not, many, not many people are aware of that, but I have patients now who are stable just using 30 mils of olive oil daily, something that has helped them break through many, many years of, of ongoing constipational activity. Start with doing that. Remember, it is not uh, castor oil. It is olive oil, which is a food which we all use. But in the right level, and I talk about uh, a moderate dose of 30 mils taken at one time, uh, I I would uh, encourage you to take it uh, last thing before you go to bed. The other recommendation that I would make is that you... Use a source, a reliable source of soluble fibre. And there are two good sources of that. One of them is called Metamucil and the other is called Slippery Elm. I, t- yeah. I, t- I tend to prescribe more, scri- uh, more Slippery Elm mainly because it's a, it's a herb that I've worked with ever since I was trained many, many years ago. And Slippery Elm is the, uh, the powdered bark of an American tree known as Ulmus fulva. And it does many things, but one of the things that it does is it tends to have a regulating and encouraging effect on bowel function. Okay. There, there are two things that, uh, if I were you, I would be um, looking at and uh, giving it a go. And they are both, if you like, very oriented towards a food approach. Try that. There are other herbs that work differently. 
some of those herbs may or may not be in what your good pharmacist has made for you, but herbs such as rhubarb, uh, herbs such as aloes, uh, herbs such as cascara, all have been used and effectively uh, in addressing chronic constipation. But my, my point is, try the first two options first. I, I would be surprised if you didn't get some encouragement using those things. Carol, Thank you so much. Carol, you, best Carol. of luck for that. Couldn't let the chance go by, though. Did you love how Dennis referred to it as transit time? It's, it's yeah. nice, isn't it? I worked for the <laughs> railway department for many, many years. I was just going to say, the trains, are on, <laughs> the trains are on strike at your station, Carol. The trains are on strike. All right, best of luck with all of that. G'day, Cherie at Duns Creek. Uh, you'd like some help with your painful shoulder condition. What's happening there, Cherie? Yeah, um, hi, guys, to start with. Um... I um, have got a torn left pec muscle um, and I'm having dramas with my shoulder um, with inflammation and stuff because of that torn muscle. Okay. Have you had a steroid injection? I have not had the steroid injection, no, because I didn't think that it was a good idea. Okay. Discuss it with your doctor, but one of the things that I would be happy to do is to send to you free of charge a gift from myself and the station and that is the uh, preparation of Remchard's uh, preparation, which I use myself, which is based on capsicum or chilli. And I, I see the shoulder as being one of the favourite target zones for the effectiveness of this capsicum-based preparation. I would be uh, happy to send you free of charge a jar of this, uh, and you need to let the uh, receptionist know your address at the desk so that we can organise that for you. But while I'm talking to you, uh, I just need to pass on to listeners that you can make a very useful topical application of of capsicum or chilli yourself very simply. And that is by taking, and I'll be very quick on this, 100 grams of chilli powder, which you can get from from an Asian food store or from a health food store, and 100 grams of chilli powder... And then, then, then you would macerate that. That means you would soak that 100 grams of chilli powder in a litre, a litre of yep. olive oil. And you would put it in a wide mouth jar and you would leave it in a warm spot, a very warm spot. Fortunately, this is a good time to do it. The idea being that the gentle warmth encourages the escape of the active chemistry from capsicum into the actual oil itself. After a week or 10 days, and by the way, over that period of time, make sure you periodically shake the preparation, that is the capsicum in the olive oil, 100 grams to a litre of the oil, and at the end of that period of time, uh, strain off the the liquid, leaving behind the the herb, which should be floating, if you like, or staying at the bottom of the bottle. Uh, strain off the the liquid, filter it, and then you have what's called the infused oil of capsicum, which which herbalists have used for generations, particularly in my tradition, as a useful way of harnessing capsicum's chemistry to relieve pain and inflammation, particularly around the hip joints, the shoulder joints. So for listeners that have heard me talk about capsicum or capsaicin today, there's a yeah. simple preparation that can be made, but in your case, my dear, we'll send up to you 
some rim shards preparation to see how you go. All right, we'll pop you back on hold and get some details there, Cherie. Thank you so much. Hello, Chris at Glendale. Now, you have a question for uh, Dennis on turmeric and your liver condition there, Chris. Yeah, mate, my liver seems all right. I'm just I'm taking the um, fusion brand turmeric. Yes. I've got a bit of inflammation in my leg. Yes. And I've had a bit of cancer in the past, and they say it's good good anti-cancer arm agent. Mm. But I'm just reading on the back of the bottle, it says, if you have a pre-existing liver condition, do not take. So what's that? Is that not too much, not too good for your liver, or what's well, the story? Is, is it a, a fusion brand I know pretty well. I know the people that behind that, they're very ethical and competent um, people that would have developed a lot of those products. Is the preparation just uh, incorporating um, curcumin or uh, or turmeric, or is it including other things as well? It's total cum cumbrinoids, three sixty eight milligram black pepper. Okay, sixty milligrams. Yeah, you know, okay. blah blah blah. Now, is it is it is it labelled um, curcumin or is it labelled turmeric? High potency. Coming. Okay. Uh, it seems to me, and I don't know the actual uh, product, I know the company's name, it seems to me that you're looking at a product here that's harnessing the, the active chemistry uh, of turmeric. I come back to the point that I started with today, that uh, many herbs are giving up their secrets as to how they are effective. And with, with, with turmeric, uh, they're, they're known as curcumin, or curcumin is the major active. Curcuminoids is the group name given to, a, to that uh, substance and its fellows in, in, in turmeric. Uh, it's, it's likely that by using a concentrated uh, preparation to address genuine levels of inflammation, that uh, a warning has been placed there, and I'm hypothesizing on this, that the warning is being placed there to encourage you to abide by the dosage factors and not just see this as a herb that can be taken uh, willy-nilly. <clears throat> so uh, if you are concerned uh, about any aspect of it, contact the company. They're quite approachable. But you will find on many natural products today, not just natural products based on turmeric, but <clears throat> many um, herbal products uh, have that warning on them um, uh, the, the the herb carver, for instance, has a warning on, on a preparation of it. Uh, similarly to that, uh, I think black cohosh has as well. And this is because those herbs, when they are abused, have a sufficient history of, of um, side effect to warrant a company uh, putting that on them. I have never, I've never seen. I've never seen. I've taken the um, Blooms brand turmeric. It says it's good for your liver, so I'm a bit confused. That's why no, I rang no, it. What, so. what, you what, what I'm trying to say is that turmeric is turmeric, but when you're dealing with the active chemical extracted from uh, turmeric, you are dealing with a, with a preparation which, in a standardised dose, um, uh, conveys, if you like, a very strong potential medicinal effect which is difficult to get when you are using turmeric as a food. Yeah, I understand that. You yeah. see what I mean? It's similar to uh, just extracting capsaicin from capsicum and, uh, and thinking that um, it's okay to do what you want with it. It's getting back to the point you can use a herb as a food, 
uh, i.e. you can use uh, turmeric as we all use it as a food or you can use a herb as a medicine and that is when that herb has been frequently converted into a preparation dose-related to its active chemistry. All right, thank you so much, uh, Chris, and indeed everybody else that has called so far. You have a couple of minutes left, uh, 49216216, if you would like to uh, have a chat with Dennis Stewart. He'll answer your health questions, even uh, men's fashion, and uh, who knows what else, Dennis? You, you happy well, to, you're happy to take all the, the questions, aren't you? Oh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> with some reluctance. <laughs> All right, uh, last call for today. G'day, Peter at Mayfield. You've kind of we you well you have an incontinence question for Dennis today. Uh, yes, I'm just wondering. Is um, I've been a urologist. She's given me exercises to do. Yes. And, um, daily, but they don't seem to be having a really desired effect. I'm still having a. I'm just wondering: is there anything medically or um, okay. uh, that can be taken to help? Peter, did this condition come on after you had had a, a procedure done, surgery? No, no, no. It's just a, it's just associated with your age, so to speak. Uh, it would be age, yes. It's, it's not a, not a byproduct of any prostate surgery or any other management. No, I've um, no, I've had uh, uh, had prostate uh, surgery all years and years ago, but uh, it's only in the last few months that I've had this problem, but uh, okay. that's related okay. to that at this stage anyway. Look, I make no claim to fame with this, but I refer to literature uh, that I have great regard for. And in the, in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which is the Bible of modern herbal medicine in the English-speaking world, there is a section on incontinence. And one of the leading remedies called up there for what's called incontinence of ageing is a relatively unknown herb called sweet sumac. Right. S-W-E-E-T, sweet sumac, S-U-M-A-C-H. What I, it, it is uh, pr- probably only available in a liquid extract form. Uh, yeah. And it, it is, is dose-related. Um, in other words, its activity depends upon uh, the, the preparation, the strength of the liquid extract, and the dosage based on that of the British Pharmacopoeia. You're in Mayfield. I suggest you go to our uh, colleagues in Hamilton, uh, Visionary Health, as a starting base and try sweet sumac, known known also as Rus aromatica, but sweet sumac is its common name. It's one that comes to my mind. All right, best of luck with that, Peter. Dennis, we have about 30 seconds left, so I know you're still keen to wrap up on your cayenne peppers today. Look, I wanted to make one comment finally about them, and that is... Uh, cayenne preparations, various forms of it in the in the diet or as medicine, has been shown to be very effective in treating uh, respiratory conditions, bronchial states, lung conditions, where it has been shown that the that the herb could create uh, an improvement in the the health and tone of the mucous membrane. Hence, capsicum is referred to as uh, mucolytic and tropho-restorative. It is a herb that is used popularly in Asia for that purpose, for promoting respiratory health, lessening congestion and easing uh, some of the bronchial states where mucus accumulation is characteristic. So um, that's why in Asia it's very popularly used and uh, I put it forward to listeners who battle with respiratory conditions characterised by mucus to consider using 
some capsicum-based preparations in liquid or in encapsulated form. Thanks, Dennis. A great uh, Health Naturally. We'll catch you next week from midday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.